We are ready to go in week two here at this Iowa high school football matchup. A 3A versus 3A squad. North Polk, the Comets, taking on the Grinnell Tigers. Jacob Elliott will be kicking off for North Polk. He had three kickoffs last week for 115 yards. He didn't have a touchback. He'll try to do that this week. And we are off and running. Cole McGriff gets underneath of it at about the five-yard line. He'll come near sideline, gets a good block. Breaks a few tackles, and here we go. Cole McGriff heads to the sidelines. He gets a good block. No one catching him. On the opening kickoff from a fumble to a touchdown, Grinnell takes the lead. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast number 20. Boy, 20. Doesn't seem like it's been going that fast, but we're we're rocking right along here. We're into just finishing up with third week of district football, actually not into our district, but into uh, the football season. We have a little bit of a split schedule today. Blake and I had kind of conflicting schedules. He'll talk about it here in a little bit, but we're kind of recorded all these in different segments. So you're going to hear some jumping. We'll try to make it smooth when we put it all together. But we just want to welcome you back to the podcast. We always enjoy doing this every week. Uh, The football games have been great. We're going to catch up a little bit on what the sports were from last week's, the swim meets and volleyball games, and check out what cross country has done. And then we'll jump ahead. Blake's going to take care of the football game from last week against ADM and then look ahead and see what the football games are coming up in this following week as what's going on in District 7 play. There, Obviously, he's got to review a little bit of some of the upsets that we saw last week going on in the district. And then I'll take a look a little bit later on what the games for next week as we end out. And we'll take a short break and hear a note from our sponsors. And then we'll come back and I'll catch you up with what happened in sports for the last week at Grinnell High School. So thank you for joining in and let's get right into it. Hey there, I'm Joey Polyi, third generation owner of Polyi's in Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow. Growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. All right, sports from last week. Let's take a look at it. Let's start with uh, volleyball, September 11th. Grinnell versus Newton. It looked like it was uh, Grinnell took one match and Newton took three matches, 25 to 17 on the first match. Grinnell... Uh, Took that one, then match two, three, and four, so 20, th- 25, 23, 25, 25, 27. Uh, leaders for the night on were serving. Lauren Bolte was 21 to 21 with two aces. Abby Furness was 10 for 10. 
Daisy Harris was 16 for 19 and five aces. Lexi Schaefer was 11 for 12 with two aces. Uh, the serve received uh, defensively. Specialists did a great job on the serve tonight. Ella McAlexander, Izzy Redding, Natalie Brown all passed over 2.0 average on a 3.0 scale. For Diggs, Abby Furness got 10. Addie Petting, uh, 9. Katie Witt, 8. Lauren Bolte, 5. Natalie Brown, 5. Uh, hitting leaders for the night was Abby Furness, 14 for 14 with 5 kills. Lauren Bolte, 12 for 5. 15, excuse me, with 3 kills. Daisy Harris, 29 for 42 with 11 kills. Addie Petting, uh, 21 for 25 with 5 kills. And Lexi Schaefer, which was her birthday, happy birthday. Lexi, 13 for 15 with 3 kills. Assist leaders were Katie Witt with 13. Abby Furness with 9. So, Pretty pretty active night for the Grinnell Tigers volleyball team. And again, just come up short there a little bit. Traveling on to the next night, the freshman girls, uh, they went over to um, Newton and they picked up two wins, 25-8, 25-12. Uh, notes here from it that they uh, defeated them. The freshman team dominated the strong serves. 87% of the team serving average A and B teams both served. 89 total serves with 55 good serves, 22 aces. <clears throat> uh, note Livy Herbers led the team with five aces, and Ash- Ashley Hollingsworth followed up with four aces. The B team also won. Both their games at 25 to 12 and 19 to 7 due to time restraints. So, uh, good job there with the freshman girls as they followed up uh, to Newton. Uh, JV, they had a three game at Newton also. So, there was quite a few games going on at Newton that night. So, they won the first game 25 23. The second game 20, they dropped that one 25 27. And then the third game, they won 15-8. to eight. Uh, Going through some of the side notes here, leaning for the team on hitting was Laney Van Evel Clark, who had two kills. Um, Kylie Klein led the team in assists with seven for the night. Leading the for serving was Vejo Hosberger, who had 100% success for the night with three aces. Uh, defensive leaders were Kylie Klein, who received a score of 2.29 on a three-point scale. And six successful digs. McKenna McKenna Smith also had eight successful digs throughout the match. So, coaches notes they uh, very very happy two successful wins uh, in the last two matches. So moving forward, they're they're doing a great job. Also, all right. Next up, we have let's see where are we at. Swimming. So swimming at Des Moines East. This would be on September 3rd. Uh, Grinnell come in with third place. Some of the good performers on the night were Callie Hart with a 2.58.40 personal best time in the 200 free. Uh, Kaya Hoffman with a 34.29. That's a personal best for her in the 50 free. Ellie Durr with a 1.18.0. 7-8, personal best in the 100 free. Uh, Isley Eisen with a 1.18.93, personal best in the 100. Sydney Miller with a 106.22, personal best in her, <clears throat> excuse me, 100 free. And Hannah Gus with a 1.106. Uh, and they are traveling, they are actually swimming in 
Waynesburg as we speak tonight. So good luck to the girls over there as they travel to Williamsburg. Uh, next, we have football. Blake's going to cover that uh, on the 16th. Today, there is volleyball going on versus South Tama. So next week, we'll be able to follow up on what's going on there. And also tonight, going across is the football field. The JV is taking on ADM, so we'll have recaps from that uh, when we follow up on next week. So that is the sports recap for last week's sports. As we start to get busier and busier in the school season, uh, things will kind of truck right along, and we'll have more things to report on. So, Blake, I'll go ahead and uh, throw it over to you, and you can follow up with the football game against ADM and then the other sports uh, football games, that scores that came in, and also talk a little bit about what the, the next week games coming up are. Hey everyone, Blake here, and uh, welcome to the recap segment of the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network podcast. Uh, I'm the one talking here this uh, segment. Obviously, my dad uh, spoke during the first segment. We had conflicting schedules, so I'm doing the recap of Grinnell's game on Friday night, plus the look ahead to next week, and I'm going to be giving my picks personally on who I think is going to win uh, next week's football games up ahead. So, I guess we'll just jump right into it. On Friday night, Grinnell went to Adele, Iowa, ADM High School to take on the Tigers. Grinnell dropped a 36-26 game. Um, it was definitely it was a disappointing game, but it was one of those games where Grinnell hung around and definitely made it interesting. Uh, at one point in the ballgame, ADM got up to a 19-0 lead, and Grinnell came all the way back and at one point was down 29-26. So, it just shows you the resiliency of this football team. And ADM is a terrific school. I mean, there is nothing wrong with losing to ADM. Uh, Grinnell has definitely looked better at times, but in terms of Friday night, I think there was definitely positives, but there were negatives, and you definitely lean and learn off of them. But I will tell you coming up, a good thing that came out of Grinnell's loss to ADM that I think I put on Twitter, and I think a lot of people were surprised. But anyway... We'll go into statistics of this game. So uh, at ADM, 36-26 was the official final score. We'll start with passing. Uh, you know, the passing game was a struggle against, um, who did we play? North Polk. It was a struggle against North Polk, only three completions. How about thir 25 completions? 25 for 44 was Dallas Souser's night. 56 completion percentage, 325 yards in the air. As around 13 yards per completion, he had, once again, no interceptions, two touchdowns, a QBR rating of 133.9, and then Cole McGriff had a one-pass, one-completion night for 22 yards. So, again, Dallas, I think for his freshman year, I think we're just going to see inconsistency, and I don't think there's a problem with that. You know, there are moments when he'll throw a slant route into the dirt, and at that point, you just have to say, he's a freshman, he's learning. But then, on the other hand, he throws an absolute dime to Owen Kaufman in the corner of the end zone, and you're like, dang, that's a throw a senior could do. So I feel like we're, we're, we can't judge Dallas at this point. Dallas is a phenomenal quarterback. He's a freshman quarterback. He's also pretty small, but he's getting the job done. 325 yards in the air, and consistently he's had over now 250 yards twice so far this season. I mean, I for one did not think that was going to happen this early in the season, so Dallas is impressing here early. The running game attack, Wyatt Hunter, 
uh, had his, quote, worst game of the year. And by worse, I only mean 119 yards. 119 yards is still phenomenal. 20 rushing attempts. For someone that didn't really practice much this past week, for him to just jump in the game and get the ball and get the ball a lot, it was great to see him moving a little bit. He moved a little bit better. He definitely was a big point of the offense. I mean, he, he received a lot. He had four receptions. He had 20 rushing attempts. I mean, he tried to do everything last Friday night. And, I mean, it worked, whether that be a screen play, a dump-off play, or just simple runs up the middle. But you could just tell ADM's D-line was a little bit more prepared. But even then, Wyatt still had a, a touchdown run, which was impressive itself, breaking so many tackles. Kyle Dillon also had a touchdown run for three yards. Cole McGriff ran once and lost four yardage, and Dallas rushed once, loss of 11. So Kyle and Wyatt carry the load uh, in the rushing category, I should say. Receiving yards, it was a good night for Cole McGriff. Ten times he was targeted for 150 yards. He obviously had a huge long, I think it was like a 60-yard touchdown uh, in the game. Uh, that was a huge momentum breaker for Grinnell to get the offense rolling. That was a huge key in the ball game. Owen Coffman, the junior, three receptions for 40 yards. He had his huge, almost one-handed grab in the end zone, which really got Grinnell going once again. He finishes with 40 yards. Mateus Durr had one reception for one yard. Jake Green came in the ball game, had one reception for 11 yards. He had a great grab near the sidelines. Wyatt Hunter, like I said, four receptions for 16 yards. Parker Johnson had two receptions for 44 yards. His was pretty weird, probably a little controversial on the ADM sideline at least. It was a slant route. Parker caught it, and then when he turned to go upfield, the ball just slipped out of his grasp, got a lucky bounce on the ground, and he picked it up and picked it up and took it for more yardage. You could debate if it was an incomplete pass or a fumble. The ref said it was a fumble. All of ADM sideline thought it was an incomplete pass. But nonetheless, we got the yardage. And A.J. Wilkins, very solid night. Five receptions, 80 yards. He had a wonderful grab at one point during the ball game. So there's definitely positives out of the receiving game. Scoring, Owen scored. Kyle scored, or Owen Coffin scored six points. Kyle Dillon scored a touchdown and a two point, or in two extra points. Wyatt Hunter had six points, and Cole McGriff had six points. All juniors scored against ADM. So if you're looking forward to next year, which I wouldn't be, look forward to ne this year and then next year, Grinnell looks pretty good in the department. Uh, take a look at tackles defensively. You know, defensively, it's never great to give up 36 points, but, you know, against an ADM offense like that with a quarterback who had an absolute cannon, there were definitely mistakes. You know, ADM's first receiving touchdown, the receiver broke I don't know how many tackles, and the quarterback able to get it. But my dad and I went over film on huddle and – you know, I'm not going to blame the refs for anything, but, you know, there was a lot of missed calls. It seemed like a lot of holding on the line, a lot of holding everywhere, some chop blocking. Uh, just a lot was missed on Friday night, in my opinion, and hopefully that gets cleaned up. I know the Iowa High School Athletic Association gets such a bad rap because of their refing and everything else, and that's why people are quitting, because they don't like getting yelled at by parents, but it's just a difficult time for referees in the Iowa High School Athletic Association, so hopefully things get turned around in Grinnell's favor because some of the calls these past few weeks have been a little rough, let's just say that. Logan Estelle had 12 tackles for Grinnell. It's always good to see the senior coming in. He had one tackle for loss. This is the first time this year that Grinnell did not record a sack. They did have a few tackles for loss, but not as many. Um, and then Eli Rose finishes with eight tackles on his birthday, uh, five solo tackles, Six total tack tackle assist. He had one assist tackle for loss and one solo tackle. So 
Uh, props to Eli and Logan for doing well. Logan played great in the backfield all the way back there. He had a good night. Trey Goldman had a good night, six tackles. Uh, uh, you know, Dodge had trouble getting going, but on the D-line, considering that uh, they had a really good offensive tackle and, you know, Grinnell tried to keep Dallas safe on the offensive side, you know, considering that ADM had one of the best D-linemen in the state. So, uh, interceptions, Owen Kaufman got his second of the year uh, interception for 17 yards, so it was good to see them getting in there. And uh, Kyle Dillon missed an extra point, but still went two for three, uh, 66% on the night. Kyle had five kickoffs for 295 yards and three touchbacks. touchbacks. Considering how dangerous kickoffs are in high school football, it's so good to know that we have a kicker that can put touchbacks in the end zone because, oh, it's just a sigh of relief when you don't have to worry about that. Cole McGriff punted six times for 220 yards. That's about 36 yards per punt. On kickoff returns, Parker Johnson returned five of them for 76 yards. Cole McGriff returned one for 13 yards. And Cole McGriff returned one punt all night for two yards. So that'll pretty much wrap up Grinnell's statistics uh, we'll get to who they play here in a little bit, but uh, you know, a loss on the road to a good ADM team that moves them to two and one on the season. There is definitely uh, a lot to be positive about, a few things to be upset about, but overall, I think that would go down in the markings as a good loss for Grinnell. A lot to learn from. Okay, we're gonna move on to the standings in 3A-7. Congratulations to the Knoxville Panthers. They are successfully the final undefeated team in District 3A7. Now, if any of you thought that was going to happen at the beginning of the season, I'd love for you to come and talk to me because we're going to talk about what you know about football. Knoxville, granted, has played a very easy schedule, possibly one of the easiest schedules in the state, and that shows in the rankings. They're nowhere near the top 25, I can tell you that right now. But they have wins over Fairfield, Saydell, and they beat Centerville this past weekend on the road, 24 to 10. They didn't pass. They did not pass the ball at all. There are unless they had, don't don't have anything in. Knoxville did not pass the ball all night long. Uh, I think they've only passed the ball 13 times all year. But apparently they didn't pass against Centerville because there's no stats in the passing category. Rushing the senior Carter Bailey, 145 yards, two touchdowns on 18 rushing attempts. Kieran Nichols had 18 rushing attempts as well for 73 yards. Keegan Cox, the junior, five rushing attempts for 27 yards. And Brady Pearson, the junior, eight rush attempts for 40 yards for the Panthers. So it just shows where they're coming from rushing-wise since they didn't even pass the ball. I remember when Grinnell was doing that. That's how they beat North Polk a couple of years ago. Uh, But yeah, so... Pretty good for Knoxville. Not really many tackle leaders. They do have Ben Olson and Brady Pearson, the senior and the junior, both had 13 and 8.5 tackles, respectively. Also, Brady Pearson had an interception. So, I mean, I don't really know what to think about this Knoxville team. As of right now, we're we're waiting for them to have a tougher schedule. It'll be interesting when they hit conference play. But, you know, pretty good start, considering you're off to a 3-0 start and holding defensively to 9-0 and 10 points in three games. So props to Knoxville on their 3-0 and start to the 2019 campaign. Newton Cardinals moved to 2-1 and after a win against Ottumwa, 42-21. That was at home. Kyle Long, went. their quarterback, went 7-for-13, 64 yards with a touchdown. On the ground, I mean, everyone. Adams, Antle, uh, Chang, Farver, Hotchkin, Long, 
and Satterfield, 103 yards for Satterfield, 97 for Chang, Antle with 30, Adams with 24, Farver with 47, uh, Kyle Long with 44. Two touchdowns for Farver, by the way, and one for Antle and Chang. So, I mean, it's just a crazy all-around attack for Newton. I feel like they're pretty much the same team they were last year, maybe just a little bit better. Uh, receiving Hodgkin had 32 yards. Uh, scoring, a lot of people ended up getting into the end zone. Uh, tackles, doesn't look like there were much to stand out. Keith Moko, the sophomore, had 10 tackles, so I guess that's a pretty solid start. They also sacked the quarterback five times. And Noah Allen, the sophomore, also had an interception, two fumble recoveries, so they were able to force some turnovers against a pretty off 4A squad in Ottumwa. So good win for Newton. They moved to 2-1-1 on the season with their only win being to PCM, which is probably a stinger. They'll take on uh, Water Waterloo East here. We'll talk more about that game here in a little bit, but good win for Newton as they move to 2-1. and one. Going to Oskaloosa, the Indians are really a question mark team. We really don't know how good Oskaloosa is. They won against Pella Christian, got smoked by Washington, and then took down a Fairfield team who, as of right now, is the last place team in 3A. 44-20 was the final score. William Schultz, the sophomore, 15 for 24 passing, 121 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. So they're moving the ball, but they'd probably like to move it a little bit better. What really helped Oski on Friday night was Tyler Miller, the senior. 22 rushing attempts, 144 yards, 6.5 yards per carry. He had three touchdowns. So that is huge that Oskaloosa was able to find their running game. Uh, tackling, not much defensively. No one on the team had more than seven tackles. Uh, only one sack recorded all night. So, I mean, Oskaloosa, there's still a lot to be found. How about Reed Brown, the junior? Had two interceptions uh, for 38 yards in total, and he scored a touchdown off of one of them. So, I mean, give credit to Reed Brown, who's just really trying to help this Oskaloosa defense get moving because only beating Fairfield by 24, considering the team they are, Oskaloosa probably wanted to get up in the 50s scoring-wise. So I guess you could say maybe a down game. I'm not really sure, but uh, credit to Oskaloosa moving to 2-1 and one on the season, uh, trying to find their rhythm. They have a tough matchup coming this week, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Pella, oh boy, Pella lost to Norwalk 27-9 at home. And I said this on Twitter, the streak is over. That is Pella's first regular season home loss at home since 2011. August 2000, August 26, 2011, they lost to Newton 41-14. to I, I don't know what else to say. I was absolutely stunned when I saw the results from this game. Uh, so much credit to Norwalk for coming in. And you look at Pella... Their offense just didn't get going. 13 completions for 20 or for 35 passing attempts for Ryan Mace. 216 yards and only one touchdown. Rushing Noah Clayberg had 13 yards. The junior Aaron Downs, their number one running back, 106 yards on 11 carries, but he never cracked the end zone, and that was really what counted. Receiving, they only had three receivers, Warner, Shetterly, and Downs, 79, 93, and 44, respectively. Aaron Downs did have a receiving touchdown, which was Ryan Mace's passing touchdown. Uh, tackling, no one had more than eight tackles, and the closest was Cody Huseman, the junior. Uh, they only sacked the quarterback once all night. And then interceptions-wise, Warren Page did have an interception return for 21 yards, but Norwalk's defense just completely outdid uh, 
Pella's offense. And it was so rare to see. I can guarantee Norwalk is going to bounce off this win so heavily. And the schedule doesn't get easier next week for Pella. So, man, I mean, it might be a fluke just like that Dallas-Center-Grimes game, but pretty inconsistent so far for Pella. And then finally, South Tama moves to 0-3 on the season. They fell to number 20th-ranked Bondurant Farrar. 49-6 was the final score. Uh, there is a few things in here. Braden Smith, the junior, he passed with two interceptions. He went four for 12 and no touchdowns for 70 yards. Uh, Peyton Vest, the junior, 12 carries for 49 yards. He had a touchdown. Uh, and then tackling, it was a little rough for South Tama. Uh, Jesus Wanati Romero, the senior, had 8.5 tackles all night long. So South Tama still looking to find their groove. They'll take on Nevada, who is ranked 10th in 2A next week. It is Nevada's homecoming to add on to that. Okay, so let's take a look at next week's games, and then we'll take, uh, or we'll take a look at next week's games, and then we'll give a rundown of the 3A standings. Well, actually, we'll take a look at 3A standings. How about that? We'll take a look at 3A standings, top 10 standings, and then uh, we will talk, or I'll give my uh, picks for next week's game. So in 3A standings, here's where things get crazy. Uh, the standings that I'm going off of, the BCM rankings, 3A standings, one of the most highly respected rankings in the state because they crack down all the numbers, strength of schedule, passing yards, rushing yards, everything to determine who is the top 25 best teams. Technically, they rank all 54 teams in 3A, but I, you know, I take it like college football. You rank the top 25, that's who gets recognized. But for now, I always say the top 10 because I think that's what matters. Here's the top 10. Lewis Central stayed number one, 3-0, undoubtedly the best team in the state. Independence jumps all the way up to the top 10, moves all the way up to second. They jump to second. Carlisle, the Wildcats, despite being 2-1, sit at third. Cedar Rapids Xavier, because of their strength of schedule, strength of schedule means a lot in these rankings, they fall to fourth. Sergeant Bluff Lutton jumps to fifth. Norwalk jumps to sixth in the standings. They, Them and Pella basically traded spots. And here's the stunner. Your Grinnell Tigers jump from 17th in the standings to now 7th in the standings. Uh, I was absolutely stunned when I saw this. Let's just say the least. Uh, Grinnell's reason for being 7th, strength of schedule. Mid-Prairie Wellman beat a pretty good team this past weekend. North Polk, a good strength of schedule team. Only losing to 10 to ADM when they should have lost. I think the spread was 17 points. Grinnell deserved a top 10 spot in the committee's eyes and in the statistics' eyes, numbers-wise. So, for the first time since 2012, Grinnell has cracked the top 10 in the standings. Seventh is where Grinnell sits at a 2-1 record. Bondurant jumps from 20th to 8th. Uh, Glenwood jumps to 9th at 3-0. And ADM, Grinnell's former opponent, moves to 10th at 2-1. The reason ADM not above Grinnell, ADM beat Perry, one of the worst teams in the state. So technically not a quote-unquote good win. So there's your top 10. Again, congratulations to Grinnell for being in the top 10 position in 7th. Uh, the only team to fall in the top 10 was Cedar Rapids Xavier, who stayed in the top 10. They fell to fourth, but it's only week four. Everything's going to sort itself out by the end of the year. It'll truly make sense who's number one through ten, and so on and so forth. So, moving on to this week's games to wrap it all up. 
Grinnell takes on Fairfield. The 7th-ranked Grinnell Tigers, 2-1-1, take on the 0-3 Fairfield Trojans. That game will be broadcasted here. Excuse me. It will be broadcasted on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network on Friday night. Myself, Dan Walker, and Craig Seek will all be up in the booth giving you that game. We are so excited to bring it to you. Should be a phenomenal game as Grinnell looks for revenge against their Trojans, which they lost to 61-44 to when Drew Coffin passed Eli Dunn for the single-game passing record. Next game up, Knoxville 3-0, taking on Sheraton, who is a 2A school. Knoxville moves to looks to move to a 4-0 start to start the regular season. What a start that would be, possibly give them some momentum going into conference play. Newton fell out of the top 25, but they're 2-1-1. They take on the 0-3 Waterloo East Trojans. Should be a good game at home for the Newton Cardinals. Oskaloosa 2-1, host Norwalk, 6th ranked Norwalk 2-1, you know, Oskaloosa, if they can get back on track, get a big upset win against Norwalk, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll just have to see there. Biggest game of the week, number three, Carlisle, 2-1, and one, hosting number 12th ranked 2-1, Pella. Could Pella fall to 2-2 two and two for the first time in, geez, it would be a long time since Pella's fallen to 2-2. Two and two. You never know. We'll see if what Car Carlisle can get it done. But remember, Pella wasn't favored against Mount Pleasant. They smoked Mount Pleasant, so we'll just have to see. And then South Tama heads to 10th-ranked 2A opponent, Nevada, uh, who is 2-1. Should be a good game. We'll see if South Tama can get back on the road. So here's my picks for both all games. Grinnell taking on Fairfield. I'm going to take Grinnell. I think Grinnell puts up a big number of points on Fairfield. I don't know if it will be the shootout that it was last year, but we'll just have to see. I think someone, whether that be Wyatt in the ground or receiving or someone, someone's going to break a record this week for Grinnell. I'm calling it right now. Between Knoxville and Sheraton, Sheraton's a pretty good football team. I think they're the best team Norwalk's going to face all non-conference, obviously. And I think Sheraton finally beats them. I think Sheraton gets the win over Knoxville, despite being a 2A opponent. I just think Knoxville's going to get pulled up sometime here. And if it's not here, they'll lose here in conference play. Newton, I think, gets the easy win over Waterloo East. Should be no problem. Norwalk should easily take care of Oskaloosa on the road, but if Oskaloosa does win, that's a huge win for the Indians. Pella against Carlisle, this is really a toss-up because I picked, I, th I think I picked Pella when they took on Mount Pleasant, or maybe I didn't, but uh, I think Pella will fall to 2-2 two and two for the first time. I don't think Carlisle's going to, or I don't think Pella's going to be able to keep up with Carlisle. Give props to Carlisle, and if they win this game, Carlisle could be the new number one team in 3A. I think Carlisle moves to 3-1 and one on the season with a big win over the Pella Dutch. And then South Tama heads to Nevada. Nevada does not have their starting quarterback, nor do they have their second-string quarterback. Nevada is on their third-string quarterback, who just last week made his first-ever varsity appearance. Uh, yeah, Nevada's in a rough spot right now. But I think, I think this is going to be a really close game. But I'm going to say Nevada pulls it out. But watch out. Nevada is down on players. South Tama could take advantage. But we'll just have to see. So, anyway, that'll pretty much wrap it up for this whole recap slash outlook portion of this podcast. Again. All right. Wow. That, that was quite a week of football going on in District 7. Or at least the competitors against the Dis District 7 3A. Uh, I can't wait to some of the scores come in Friday night. And I can't wait to be there Friday night against Fairfield. Uh, this is going to be a good broadcast. We had we made some more changes, and I think everyone's going to be very happy with it. 
All right, let's take a, a quick minute here from our sponsors, and then we'll get into the what's coming up for next week. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow, growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauli, third generation owner of Pauli's and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit PauliEyesGrinnellIA.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Pauliize Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Okay, thank you, Grinnell Mutual and Polyize Pizza, for sponsoring the Tiger Podcast. We always uh, enjoy having sponsors in, and it's great to talk with our, our sponsors when we're out and about. All right, sports for the week of September 16th. So as I talked about right now, as was, as we're speaking, uh, the swimming meet is going on in Williamsburg. There's a JV football game going on versus ADM so we'll have recap on those next week on the 17th a couple things going on with the volleyball they go to Dallas Center Grimes for the JV and varsity so those two things are going on five o'clock and 6 45 start time uh, Thursday night there's a volleyball tournament versus Des Moines Christian at Des Moines Christian that starts early 4 15 and then, of course, uh, of course, Friday night, the uh, we take on Fairfield at TT Cranny. The freshman game is going to start at 4:45, so a little bit of a move up there. Some of that might be just because of what the weather forecast is. And the varsity game starts at 7:30. Um, if if rain does happen to come in, that's something that was kind of common last year. They may even scratch the ninth grade game and take it to the following Monday and then move the varsity game up or move the varsity game back. So stay tuned to our Twitter feed in Grinnell Activities with Chris Kaufman. We'll keep everyone posted on what that game time change would be uh, if it does happen to rain. On September 21st, volleyball versus Marstown at Marstown. So swimming on Saturday the 21st is a girls swimming meet at Marshalltown. Uh, also, there's a volleyball girls varsity tournament versus HLV, Linville Sully, North Mahaska, uh, PCM, Sigourney uh, Junior Senior, Tri-County, Waco, and that is at North Mahaska High School, so that's in New Sharon, 9 o'clock Saturday morning. Also, there is a ninth grade invitational volleyball tournament versus East Marshall, Hudson, South Tama, Union, Williamsburg, and that is hosted by South Tama. So those are what's going on for Saturday. And then as we catch back up into Monday, which we'll probably be talking about last Monday's, but here's for next Monday. Um, they have a 4.30, take that back, 6 o'clock JV uh, football game versus Washington. And that is at 
uh, Case Field. So that is at Washington. So that is the sports look ahead for the week of the 17th. And uh, my dad couldn't be in on this one. We've had separating schedules, so you'd heard him talking about previous week of sports and such. We'll just have to see what happens with that. But uh, we're looking forward to being back in the booth together this Friday on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Thank you so much for everyone who's listened in on the podcast. Thanks to everyone who listened and watched to the uh, North Polk game. We had so much fun with that. That is one of the highest rated games we have ever produced. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for watching. We hope you tune in to watch Fairfield this next weekend. Again, I'm Blake Walker, Dan Walker with the opening segment. Craig Seek does our cameraman, and we'll all see you Friday night. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. I'm Blake Walker, and I will see you guys on Friday night. Take care. This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Any use of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.